Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You're listening to the Wijha Initiative podcast. These podcast episodes are recordings of our past events that we hold in person on a weekly basis. We hope that by listening to the podcast, you'll be inspired to join us at an event. To keep up with our work, please follow us on Instagram. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma allimna ma yanfa'una, wanfa'na bima allamtana, wazidna ilman wa amalan, ya Rabbil Alameen, amma ba'd. So for those of you who've been able to join us for past sessions, uh, we've been going through the topics contained in this book with the heart in mind by Sheikh Mikhail Smith. And we completed what's the more philosophical section of it, which is section one. Now we come to section two, and this is really where the discussion of emotional intelligence begins. Up until now, the, conversa- the conversations have surrounded uh, the nature of intelligence. Because if you want to talk about emotional intelligence, First, you need to discuss what is intelligence. And so we spent many sessions talking about that. Now we turn to what could be considered the meat of the book. Uh, And this is much more accessible. If any of you have come for past sessions on the book and were kind of confused, because you're like, what are we talking about here? This is so philosophical. I don't blame you, right? But that is the nature of the first part of the book. The second part is very accessible. Because now we're speaking about not, not such a philosophical topic, but more a practical topic. And that is how, when we study the life of the Prophet ﷺ, might we appreciate his emotional intelligence. And then going forward, his what's considered moral intelligence. So, let me begin by asking a question and, and getting your thoughts on this. When we consider, um, just one sec. You guys hear that echo kind of sound, right? Okay, I think it's better now. Let's 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 start with a question. If we consider that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he was a messenger of God, he had a responsibility to convey the message of Islam to humanity. Why would he be important? not just important, but arguably necessary, that he possess high emotional intelligence. Any, any ideas about that? Why would it be necessary? Because, because, what if we consider that he's the messenger of Allah, he has revelation, he has guidance from God directly, so he's going to come teach people you know, convey the message and pass away. Right? That's it. Why along the way is it necessary for him to possess emotional intelligence? And what role does that play in conveying the message? Like what are the, compo- what are the components needed in conveying a message effectively? <clears throat> the messenger has to know the message well. And obviously the Prophet ﷺ knew the message that he was conveying. Allah taught him this. Right? The Qur'an. It's actually very interesting. If you study the biography of the Prophet 
you find that when revelation was coming to him, he feared forgetting it. He feared that, like imagine, imagine someone told you, you're coming to the halaqa today, make sure you remember everything that was talked about. I want you to come home and tell me everything you heard. It's hard, right? It's hard because as I'm speaking, you're trying to retain it. You're like, okay, he talked about this, and he talked about that, and you're like, you're like rehearsing it in your head, right? The Prophet ﷺ would do that. The Prophet ﷺ would do that when the Qur'an was coming to him. So Jibreel would be reciting the Qur'an to him, and then he would begin to recite it. And his whole goal was, he didn't want to forget it. So, you know, it's, اقرأ بسم ربك الذي خلق. In his head, he'd be, اقرأ بسم ربك الذي خلق. And he'd be trying to not forget it. Because he knew that if he forgot it, how are you going to go and convey it? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in multiple, multiple verses, instructed him and told him, لا تحرك به لسانك لتعجل به. Don't, don't be, don't hasten to, 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 to recite and, and try to retain the Qur'an as it's being revealed to you. إِنَّ عَلَيْنَا جَمْعَهُ وَقُرْآنَ We're going to make sure that you remember it. We're going to make sure that you retain it. So then he just had to relax, hear it, and Allah would ensure that he would remember it. Okay, so the messenger needs to know the message. Then what? What else is required to convey a message effectively? Anyone? Saying in a manner where it's the other person can really take it in. Okay, saying it in a manner that the other person can take it in. Yeah. Tell me more about that. What do you mean? So everybody has different characters and different temperaments, right? Mm. So you can't explain something to one person everybody will understand it the exact same way. You have to kind of tailor with how you speak to people. Beautiful. Yes. I love that. MashaAllah. Yes. And this is, there's a saying from Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu where he said, speak to people according to their level. Right? Speak to them according to their level. That's why some of the scholars have mentioned, when you look at the ahadith where the Prophet is teaching kids, they're always very brief. Like the statements are very brief. There's one narration that maybe some of you have heard. He's eating with a young boy. And, and he wants to teach the young boy. So he doesn't give him a long lecture about what the etiquettes of eating are. He is very, very concise. Samillah. Wa kul Wa kul Just really brief. Three instructions. Each one really brief, right? Um, I don't know if you ever noticed that with kids. I make this mistake sometimes. I'll, I'll try to t tell my son like three steps. Do this, and then do this, and then do that. And all he retains is the third step. Do you know what I mean? Like at the end, he'll be like, oh, so do that. I'm like, no, 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 make sure you do the other two first. And I realize, wait, I'm giving him too much. Let me walk him through it. Do, do the first one. Okay, now let's do the second one, right? And so, with children, you can't, you can't spell out a long philosophical lecture. It needs to be really precise and concise. So he says to him, eat with your right hand, and oh, take the name of Allah, Samillah. Eat with your right hand, 
and eat from what's in front of you. That's it. No elaborate instructions. Right? Um, in the hadith of Ibn Abbas, the famous hadith, where they're riding together on a conveyance, and he says, I'm going to teach you some words. Right? Safeguard the commands of Allah, Allah will safeguard you. Boom. Be mindful of Allah, Allah will look over you. You want to ask anyone? Ask from Allah. Right? You want to seek help from anybody? Seek help from Allah. It's like brief and precise. And so exactly the point you made. So you need to know the message. The messenger needs to know the message. The messenger also needs to be able to speak to the people according to their level of understanding. And according to their temperament, that would enable them to um, accept the message. Right? Beautiful, beautiful. What else is required here? Yeah. To live the message. To live the message, subhanAllah. This is a very interesting part of it. Right? To live the message. And that's where we come to what's called moral intelligence. The ability for an individual to hold themselves to the morals that they're trying to preach. To recognize that the validity of your claim will in some in some capacity be in proportion to how much you live up to it. Isn't that one of the first things we do? When someone comes to tell us something, even if we don't even realize it, the, one of the first things we do is we check, does this person live up to it? And if they don't, that's going to be our counter-argument. Right? Some, you know like, you know when your, your parent tells you not to speed? And you're like, excuse me? I swear, like yesterday you were driving, you were like, mashallah. Do you know what I'm talking about? You're not, see, objectively they're right. You're not supposed to speed, objectively speaking. But we're not pure, pure objective beings, as much as we like to believe that. That's not who we are. We, so we're going to stop and go, wait. Who are you to tell me? What moral ground do you have that you're standing on to tell me not to speed when you yourself speed? Right? This is where a lot of parents... I think really struggle. They believe that their job is just to tell the child. Whereas children will always look more at what you do. <clears throat> always. It's hard. And that's why it's so important now. For example, some people will think, well, I'm not a parent. I don't got to worry about that. The work of correcting your own behavior you know what I'm saying? Like really refining your character starts from now. Otherwise, you're going to get called out by your kids. And no parent likes that. No parent likes that. To be called out by your own child? No, no parent likes that. But the, the, the work to be done is now. Even before you have even before you're married. Even before you're married. The work of refining character starts now. Right? Okay. So yeah. Absolutely. What else is there? You have to live the message. What else do you need to, to, you need to do? Yeah. Preserve the message. Okay. Uh, preserve the message in terms of re remembering it or the person who's listening remember it. What do you mean?
future generations won't forget and that the real Jesus. Right, okay. So since the responsibility was also for the future, he needed to make sure that the people he was conveying it to understood that they had a responsibility to convey it further, right? What about the people listening? What what what's required of them? Yeah. Sorry? Humility. Humility, right. Humility, receptivity, the willingness to, to listen and accept the message, isn't it? The willingness. Now, what, what determines that? Think about yourself. Who are you willing to listen to and say like, okay, if you tell me, I'll listen to you. Because let's be honest, we don't listen to everybody. Yeah. Someone you trust. Someone you trust. You trust what about them? That they know their stuff? I don't, I don't think that's sufficient, personally. Right, so you trust that they know what they're talking about? Is that enough or is there more to it? No, for me it's more to it. Right, I think for all of us. Yeah, I guess. So what's more to it? Um, like a person you've dealt with before and you know you can trust in um, all aspects of life, like everything. Okay, okay. Someone who's honest, someone who is, uh, you know, straightforward. Right, okay, no, I, I get that. So sometimes, but let's, let's be more precise here. Sometimes you can get some people who are pretty savage. Huh? They will tell you straight up what they think about something and they could be right and they're being honest with you and straightforward, but sometimes we still don't accept it. But yet, if somebody else were to say it, we might accept it. What's the difference there? Because you could interpret it as an attack. You could interpret it as an attack and be like, this person's telling the truth, but they're actually trying to shame me and humiliate me and make me look bad. In that case, we're like, no, I'm not, I have to uphold my dignity. I'm not going to accept it. Meanwhile, you have somebody else that you trust that they want good for you. Then when they say it could be a really harsh truth, but in your mind, you're like, but I know they're not saying it to humiliate me. They're not trying to shame me. They're genuinely saying it for my good. We're much more willing to accept that. Now, how do you build that? How do you get somebody that you're trying to convey a message to, to understand that you want what's best for them? That's very hard. Sorry? Put yourself in their shoes. Put yourself in their shoes. You empathize with them, sure. Yeah. Soft-spoken with them. Okay. Right. The way you treat them. And the way you deal with them. And the way you conduct yourself. Will impact how they feel around you. Right? And so then that means the messenger has to be cognizant and aware of what impact they're having on the listener. Just in their interactions. Do you get what I'm saying? And so we begin to understand that the Prophet ﷺ, in order for him to convey his message given to him by Allah to the people, it was not enough that he merely knew the message and he was just, mashaAllah, divinely inspired. That was not sufficient. He had to connect with people. He had to get them to understand he wanted what's best for them. So he had to deal with them in a way that they were convinced. 
In a sense, he had to win their hearts. And I, I say this saying a lot, but I, there's a saying that you'll hear amongst some educators, that to teach a child, you have to reach the child. To teach a child, you have to reach the child. Meaning what? In order for you to... And, and think back to what you're, the teachers you had. You likely benefited the most, not from the smartest teacher, but from the teacher that could connect with you the deepest. Even if they weren't necessarily known to be incredibly brilliant. But when you felt they cared, you would probably go above and beyond. You would probably like really push yourself to be good enough. Right? Because, think about it. Because if you don't trust the teacher, and you think this teacher is just trying to, they're just, they're just there for a paycheck. They don't actually care about you. Then anything that goes wrong, you're going to blame them. You're going to say, yeah, that's the teacher's fault. Like, they don't care anyways. But when you're convinced they care, and something goes wrong, you can't blame them and say, well, they don't care. Because you know they care. So then you say, well, it must be me then. So let me work harder. Right? Then you don't make an excuse then. You say, okay, no, I must work harder because they clearly care. So they're, pro they're probably doing their best. That means I'm not doing my best. Let me work harder. To teach a child, you have to reach the child. That's also when you deal with, with children, especially, when you're trying to get them to understand something. Right? Like, example, if you have a child that's throwing a tantrum, what do you do? You ever try to reason with a child like that? Like, that makes no sense. You don't reason with a child who's throwing a tantrum. Because they're not at the, in a position to reason at that time. So what do you do? There's an expression you might have heard before. Connect before you direct. You want to direct the child towards what the correct behavior is? You know, like, we're not supposed to do that, honey. Like, no, that's not the time for that. They don't understand. Or you want to get the child to go brush his teeth. No, seriously, it's very interesting. Because as adults, we're, 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 we're largely rational in, our, in the way we kind of function. Um, in the sense that if something makes sense, you know, that's probably enough for a lot of us to go do something. So, or if there's a schedule, okay, it's time to brush my teeth. Let me go brush my teeth. Now, to get a child to do it, you could tell them, but you'll notice sometimes they won't do it. They won't do it. You'll tell them, go brush your teeth, and they're like, whatever, they'll keep doing what they're doing. And parents can actually get frustrated. You're not doing what I'm saying. But have you connected with the child? This is a really important thing, to get down to the level of the child, explain to them, hey, it's time to go brush your teeth. Come on, let's go. And, and you really connect. You don't just say it. It's very interesting. With, with adults, you might not have to do that. You do to a certain extent, but you might, it might not be as essential. With children, it's absolutely essential that you really get to connect with them to get them to do what you want. Do you know what I'm saying? Like my daughter, she's actually really interesting, the youngest. She will not clean up the toys unless I sit down and start cleaning with her. I don't know why. I'll tell her, clean the toys, and she'll look at me. And I'll be like, come on, you need to clean the toys. You made the mess. And she'll just be like, mm, whatever. And she'll kind of walk around. I'll say, okay, come, I'll help you. And then she comes. And I'll like pick up a few and then I'll walk off. Because like, you got to do it. But like, she won't start doing it until I get down and, and start doing a little bit with her. And perhaps that's the connection she's looking for. Beyond just the instructions. Right? So the Prophet ﷺ, in order to direct people towards guidance and the truth, he first has to, he had to connect with them. Okay. Now, I want to now step away from that and 
and, and reflect on ourselves. That means, if we accept that the Prophet possessed, possessed the highest level of emotional intelligence, and we say that he possessed that because in order for him to convey the message as Allah wanted him to convey the message, he had to possess that emotional intelligence, that ability to understand people and connect with them and get them to understand him. He had to. That's part of being able to convey the message. We then are commanded to follow the Prophet wasallam. What does that mean? What does that mean? To follow the Prophet wasallam. A lot of people will say, okay, that means to follow the sunnah, to do the things that he did. Well, part of what he did was treat others in the best way. How might we do that? That would require also that we possess emotional intelligence. Right? And it's very challenging because, as Burhan is pointing out, people are very different. And so usually one approach will not work for everybody. Right? One approach will usually not work for everybody. Okay. So in order to behave prophetically and follow the sunnah, we're going to have to adopt the characteristics he had. And, and the emotional intelligence, we must learn that. Now, it becomes especially important because there's a hadith where the Prophet ﷺ tasked everybody with leadership. Everybody. You, don't, you might not identify as a leader in your head, like, no, I'm me, no, like, what do you mean? I'm just a normal dude. I don't, I'm not leading anybody. No. The hadith says everybody. أَلَا كُلُّكُمْ رَاعٍ وَكُلُّكُمْ مَسْؤُولٌ عَنْ رَعِيَّتِهِ Every one of you, the hadith says, is a shepherd. Every one of you. In what sense? Because what is a shepherd? A shepherd is an individual that is tending to a flock. What is your flock? And I've talked about this before. How many of y'all have social media? Yeah. No, no, and, and you have followers? And if you have followers, those are people that you impact by what you post. Right? So you have influence on them to some degree. You are an influencer. Whether you like it or not. There's an influence. You post something sad and someone comes across it, you might make them feel sad. You post something happy, motivating, right? Someone sees it, they might be motivated. So everybody is impacting others in some way or another. Everybody. How do you ensure you're having the best impact? How do you ensure you're having the best impact? Well, being aware of what that impact is on the person. Does that make sense? And so, there's the, the hadith goes on to say that everybody, every one of you is a shepherd and every one of you is responsible for the flock that they're tending to. And the hadith describes the leader of a people, a husband in the house, a wife in the house, how each of them has responsibilities and people that they look after. But really, you could apply that to anybody. If you have siblings that are younger than you, if you have a friend circle, you're impacting them. You are. 
And so how do you best impact them? Now, the first step, the first step, if you think about it, is not, is not to just convey a message to them. Do you understand? Think about the Prophet ﷺ. In his mission, what was the first thing that he did? In terms of, if you consider his entire mission, what was the first step towards really fulfilling that mission? First step. No, not speaking. Even before he ever spoke about the message, what was it? Sorry? Yes, his reputation. He became known as what? As-Sadiqul Amin. As-Sadiqul Amin. The truth, the, 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 the truthful and the trustworthy. Even before he ever preached anything about Islam. Why was that so important? Because that's how you connect. You know, as we're talking about being trustworthy, right? Trusting the person. People had to trust him. So Allah willed that before he ever preached Islam, he established his reputation as a truthful and trustworthy person. And someone mentioned honesty at the back there. Yes, exactly. And so, think about you wanting to convey any message to anybody around you. You want to impact anybody around you. What's the first step? Let me speak the truth. It could be as true as, as you know, as the sun during the day. But if the other person doesn't trust you, forget about it. If the other person doesn't think you're honest, forget about it. If the other person doesn't feel that what you're saying is actually for their good, forget about it. Does that make sense? And, and so what did he have to do? To become, to establish himself as a truthful and honest person, what did he have to do? He had to live a life of integrity. For how many years? For many, many years. He was informed of his prophethood at the age of 40 years old. Up until then, there was so much work put into what? Establishing that I am a trustworthy and honest person. Look how long. Almost, almost double the amount of time that he spent conveying the message. 23 years. Almost double that time was spent establishing his reputation of who he was. What kind of a person he was. Now, his character was divinely inspired. We don't have that luxury. Though we do have his example to learn from. Right? And so then, emotional intelligence involves what? Connecting with people involves what? What do you guys think? What would it take to connect with someone? Let's say you meet a stranger. How do you connect with them? Sorry? Active listening, right? Being an active listener, absolutely. Sorry? Empathizing, yes. Empathizing with whatever they're going through. Trying your best actually to do that is very hard, right? It's not easy, it's, it's, it's challenging, but yeah. Doing your best. What else? Yeah. Find something you both relate to. You both relate to, right? Interest or experience. Right. Beautiful. All of these things we find in the life of the Prophet All of these things. So, 
The Prophet ﷺ, one of the things that the Arabs would use to connect to anybody was what? What do you guys use to connect with someone? If you're looking for an interest, what's one that you would come to your mind that maybe there's a common interest here? Food. Food. Beautiful. Yes. Food. Absolutely. Right? What else? What about sports? People connect over sports. What about occupation? Someone's in your field, you're like, oh, we're friends. Right? What else? Clothes. Y'all connect over clothes? No? Y'all don't do that? Okay. I don't know. I'm just assuming. I'm trying to clarify here. What about, what else? What about mutual friends? Connecting over mutual friends. Oh, you know so-and-so? I know them too. Oh, mashallah. Right? We connect over many different things. What would the Arabs use? Any idea? Lineage. The Arabs would use lineage. How are we related? Yeah. And subhanAllah, they knew their lineages. And so they would connect each other. Oh, you're the... And then we, we connect here. So the Prophet ﷺ, Abu Bakr anhu, Umar anhu, if you trace their lineages, it all meets up. It all meets up. I don't, I don't remember the name of which of their forefathers is the point of, of meeting for them, the three of them, but it all meets up. When Abu Bakr who used to go and introduce the Prophet ﷺ after he began to preach, and introduce him to like tribes when they would come for Hajj, their version of Hajj, right? He would always try to introduce the Prophet ﷺ through lineage, because he was known as what's Alimul Ansad. He was like a scholar of lineages. So he would soften the relationship and like, you know, foster a connection by doing what? Oh, he's actually related to you. Right? And then, he, and then they'd be like, oh, okay, you know, you're a relative, so definitely come. And then they would listen to him a little bit more. That's something to learn as well. That's why people who know, you know, there's some people here, mashallah, they know a lot about every subject. Like, a good number of subjects. Right? And that way, whenever you meet someone, you have something to talk about. You ever met someone like that? Like they know something about everything? So that no matter who they meet, they're like, Oh, pottery? Oh, I know pottery. And they start talking about pottery. And you're like, dude, I never knew you knew about pottery. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah? You guys think barbers know how to do that? Barbers have to know how to do that, right? Because, because every client that comes to you is different. Has a different background. And if you want to connect with them and... Whatever that, what's that talk called? Is it called chair talk? You got to be able to like talk about anything with anybody, right? And take an interest in anybody and everybody. If you want to spread a message to everybody, you actually need to be able to connect with something that's interesting to them, no matter who they are. So that's part of connecting. Inshallah, okay, I'll, next week, inshallah, I'll continue. But I want to speak a little bit about one of the main ways to really connect with people is through what's called emotional investment. Not financial, emotional investment. Bids for connection. We'll talk about that inshallah next week. Inshallah ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us tawfiq to really appreciate, to really appreciate the mission, the effort, and the approach of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in living the message of Islam and conveying the message of Islam. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Wa likullin wijhatun huwa muwalliha fa
فاستبق الخيرات أينما تكونوا يأتي بكم الله جميعا إن الله على كل شيء قدير